You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. All right. Cool beans. I just want to make sure that we are up everywhere. Come on in the room. <laughs> no, we have not too, too much to cover today. I was going to keep it. Pretty short, sweet to the point. Pretty short today, hopefully. <laughs> we shall see. Sometimes these conversations go a little, go all over the place sometimes, but we're going to try to keep it short. It looks like I'm good everywhere. So how is everyone doing today? It is Friday, 11-11, if you didn't notice. So it is a good day overall. Today, how is the weather where you all are? I know here it's been pretty rainy, pretty, but I've had a good day so far today. And yes, Evie, glad it's Friday. Yay. I'm glad that I don't have much on my calendar today. This is the last thing I have. So I want to get some deep work done. And then tomorrow only have one podcast interview. So I'm like, yeah, this is going to be the start of an awesome weekend. So let's go ahead and get started. First and foremost, I'm going to go over the layoffs that took place this week. And no, I'm not talking about Twitter. There were some more. So Meta, actually, so, you know, if you're on Instagram or Facebook, that's who I'm talking about. They let go of 11,000 staff this week, which is a lot of people. Now, if you look at it, I want to say the number was only, it was like 11, no, not 11, maybe like 20% of staff, don't quote me, but it was a lot of people and it was more than what Twitter did the week before, although Twitter was letting go of 50% of their staff. Now, what I really dislike about these layoffs happening here recently, and this is just talking from a former HR professional that specialized in employee engagement and employee relations, they're doing these layoffs by email. And I just feel like that is so impersonal. I just I just feel like it's not a good look for a company or a good move. But hey, I don't work there. And <laughs> even if they did have an HR department, which I'm sure they do, it's up to whatever management says. But I just think it is so horrible to just send out mass emails like, oh, by the way, you lost your job today. Go figure it out. What? At least have a Zoom call or something like uh, it's just for me, it's just very impersonal. And it's been making me so mad as a far former HR professional. I'm like, part of me wants to get back in the game just so I can or do some consulting or something to help these types of situations. But um, Twitter's layoffs, that was 3,700 employees and that was 50% of them. This time, this week was Facebook Meta, sorry, it was Meta and that was 11,000, which was about, I, th I know it was less than 50%. I think it was like maybe 10 to 20% of their staff. Unfortunately, I know some people that were laid off and it's just very unfortunate. But what I will say is I have done a couple of podcast interviews. So I've been sending this out to people that I know with people that were laid off and used that as their springboard to start their own businesses. And those businesses became very successful. So 
if you are somebody listening that has gotten laid off recently, because these are not the only two companies, there have been massive layoffs across all the tech sector. I just didn't make a list of all the companies I came across, but there's been massive layoffs. If you look at it, you can see. But if you are affected, I highly recommend listening to both of those episodes. I know one was Shireen Kassam, I think her name was. And then the other one, I don't remember. I'll drop the links later <laughs> in the comments on these platforms just and in the show notes on the podcast. So that way you can, you all can check that out. But it will definitely give you hope. It'll definitely make you feel better because these two ladies were laid off and they were able to make something of it. So definitely check that out. Hey, Rakim, how are you? Thank you for joining me. Talking about... Matter of fact, y'all, Rakim Sabri, he, he focuses on financial trauma, okay, for people that look like us. This is traumatic, like exactly what I'm talking about right now. This is a traumatic experience for people, and they probably didn't have their stuff in order. They wasn't expecting this, and that's why I've been telling people lately, people downplay emergency funds or I see Stevens in here too runway funds that's what he likes to call it people downplay those but it's so very important just imagine these people just woke up one day and total just between Twitter and Meta that's like almost 15,000 people just woke up one day and all of a sudden their job is gone and there was nothing that they could do about it. They just got an email that said, oh, by the way, you're fired. And some t and oh, what also makes me so angry is that this is coming off of the pandemic where people were already taking a hit. So this is the importance of having savings because you never know what is going to happen. So all those people out there like having a savings account is stupid and make sure you invest everything, blah, 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 blah. Okay. If you think about it, if you invested everything, the market has been doing horrible and now you're laid off and all your money's tied up in the market. So Anyway, those are just my thoughts. Make sure y'all have something saved up because you never know what's going to happen. And especially everything is rocky right now for so many different reasons, inflation, interest rates. There's a lot going on. And so you want to make sure that you are prepared if something like this happens. So for all the people that have been laid off in the past few weeks, I am so sorry. And I feel so bad with how they did it just as a former HR professional. But use this as either A, a wake up call or B, a springboard to get some stuff done that you wanted to get done. Because apparently they are offering severance packages. So that's a good thing. Use that severance package to be a catalyst for something different or to be that cushion that you need to get to the next position. And also y'all, please navigate your little hearts out. Don't just sit there and take whatever they they try to give you. You can negotiate your severance packages. So please make sure you do that. Okay, I'll get off of layoffs. That's a drag for today. And if anybody that's still in the HR department at Twitter or Meta and you all need some consulting, let your girl know because 
yeah, you need help. All right. So <laughs> also elections just happened this week and I was one of the ones that were up watching the results and things like that. I'm not going to stick too long on that. It is very, very important to vote. And it warmed my little heart seeing all the people saying I voted, having a little voting sticker all across my social media pages. That was just so awesome to see because at the end of the day, the president is all fine and dandy, right? Everybody comes out to vote for the president. But it's really these smaller positions that affect our daily lives. And so these are the ones that you need to pay attention to. If you're one of the people that were upset about them reversing Roe versus Wade, it was because of an election like this. You get what I'm saying? It wasn't the president that did it. It was like the judges. And these are the people that you are voting for now. I know a key race in Georgia for the Georgia Senate, they're headed to a runoff. I wanted to cover that only for educational purposes, because some people might be asking, what is a runoff? <laughs> like, does my state have runoffs? If I'm in Georgia, what do I need to know about this whole runoff thing? So what happens is if... Neither candidate received more than, and this is according to Georgia's law, if neither candidate received more than 50% of the vote in the race, it goes to a runoff. This runoff will happen in December. So all the people in Georgia will have to go vote again in December, and it will only be those two on the ballot. So when you're looking at the original ballot, so the one that we just had, it had those two and then other people from other parties and stuff like that. And so with the Georgia race, Warnock got 49.2% of the vote and Herschel Walker got 48.7% of the vote. So neither one of them got more than 50% of the vote. That's how they got to a runoff situation. I hope that makes sense. And with that being said, now it's just going to be those two. So the two highest percentages of votes now go to their own ballot and now everybody has to pick one or the other there's no in between anymore that's everybody's looking at that it's going to be on december 6th in georgia and so it'll be interesting to see what happens it's like right after thanksgiving you'll probably get a you'll start getting a lot of material probably over your turkey and stuff but that's just how it's going to be here in north carolina we do not have any runoffs or anything happening which i am grateful for because i was tired of getting all of those things in the mail text messages, just getting blown up about voting, people knocking on the door. I was just over it. So I'm glad that ours is over. Georgia, you have a little longer to go and I apologize, but this is just how it works. Speaking about the election, another big thing that happened, which I was so excited to see, were like the other things on the ballot that people were voting for. And eight states and D.C., are making sure that wages go up when inflation does. So actually, I know one was Nebraska. It says nearly 60% of voters approved on Tuesday that their state's minimum wage will go up to $15 an hour over the next few years. Also, so for instance, right now it's $9 an hour. 2023, it'll be $10.50. 2024, it'll be 12 2025 will be 1350 and then 2026 it'll be up to $15 an hour. Now keep in mind you might be thinking, dang, like that's still pretty low. Guess what? The federal minimum wage is still 725. <laughs> I'm like like that just 
is mind boggling to me how we're still at a 725 minimum wage, which mind you has been the same since 2009. When I was working at CVS as a high schooler, 725 was the minimum wage. That's why I was making 725 when I left. And it is still the minimum wage to this day. When I was a high schooler, y'all, I was a senior. I was graduating. The minimum wage was 725. <laughs> so, yeah, and we definitely need to up that on a federal level, but in the meantime, in between time, states have the power to raise their own. So, I'm glad that that was on the ballot and also uh these $5.35 cents per hour minimum for tip workers will now gradually rise to meet the standard 16 dollars and 10 cent by 2027. Now I'm happy to see the whole workers minimum wage being upgraded because the federal one is like $3 and some change or something like that. But I do feel like employers should make sure that they pay their employees adequately so that way the consumer doesn't have to take it on in the form of a tip. In other countries, there's no such things as tips. Like Anyway, that's a whole nother rant for another day. But this was good news. And I was glad to see some of that stuff on the ballot. I'm not going to go into a ton of detail on it, but just Google it, search it. A lot of states are making sure that wages go up. Unfortunately, y'all, that's in North Carolina. North Carolina was not one of them. We didn't have anything that we were voting on extra this election, um, unfortunately, but uh, definitely check it out and see what other states there are. Just in this article, they said Maine, Montana, Ohio, Vermont, Nebraska, and D.C. So there's some others. But anywho, let's move on. So it is open enrollment season, y'all. And you know what that means? It's time to sign up for health care coverage, whether you do it with an employer or whether you do it on the Affordable Care Act marketplace. There is this is the time to sign up for health insurance. So I've been doing a lot of podcast guesting around open enrollment. I reposted one of my articles that I wrote a few years ago about open enrollment because it's super important to pay attention to what you're signing up for and make sure that it's going to fit what your life is going to look like in the coming year. Because once open enrollment is over, that's it. Unless you have a life life changing eligibility where you can do a special enrollment. Otherwise, you'll be stuck with the same plan for the next year. So definitely pay attention to open enrollment. If you are working for someone, make sure you know your open enrollment dates. Make sure you know that if it's active and pass or passive open enrollment. And real quick, what that means is active means that they take everything away and you have to re-sign up for everything. Passive means that they continue on with what you already have in both situations. You want to make sure that you're getting what you need and not any more or any less because that is extra money coming out of your paycheck that you could just have in your pocket. So highly recommend being aware of open enrollment, whether you work for someone or you're getting it through the marketplace. Now, I saw an article where it says inflation has hit health insurance premiums this open enrollment season. Now, as I was doing further research, I saw that there's mixed thoughts and reviews on that. But according to this article, which is marketplace.org, they're talking about the affordable, the ACA plans on the marketplace. 
And they said premiums are going up about 4% on average for the marketplace plans, even though it varies hugely by state because the state kind of controls that. But there are a lot of subsidies that bring the actual cost of ACA coverage way down again for this coming year. Just to give you an example, when I first became fully self-employed, I went to the marketplace, my state's marketplace, which people call Obamacare, and I was able to get health insurance for like $15 a month just because of the subsidies and stuff. So if you don't have access to health insurance through your job or you're self-employed, definitely check it out. And any plan that you get, they have to offer your preventative care for free. So at least you know that you'll be able to go to the doctor for your yearly things, that whatever yearly checks or whatever you have. You'll be able to go and do that at 100% coverage. So regardless of the type of plan, that's how that works. I'm not going to get into too much depth with that because I can go down a rabbit hole when we're talking about benefits because that's my jam. But when I was looking at other articles, they were saying the cost of family health insurance plans only increased about 1%. And I'm like, maybe they were talking about employer plans, which could be the case. So like I said, it was mixed reviews. There's an increase between 1% and 4%. That's pretty much where everybody landed, which like I said, may or may not really affect you just because of the government stuff that they are supplementing with subsidies and stuff like that. So those are the things that I wanted to cover today. Hopefully this was helpful for someone. There's a lot that I went over and I know it was quick, but I try to keep these at 15 minutes, 20 minutes or so, just so you can get your quick financial news for the week. And if you want to do any additional research, by all means, please. <laughs> just so whatever, if there was something that really interests you, Please go and do additional research just so you can educate yourself, especially when it comes to the election results and the things that it has changed. Because sometimes, even if it's not your state, it may also show you what could be coming for your state. So that's why I like to keep up with what other states are voting for. And we saw that in action with the legalization of marijuana, right? It was like one state started the trend and boom, it's on all the, like a lot of ballots. Even on this ballot, there was a few states that actually voted for it. If you keep, keep up with what other states are doing, you can see what may be coming down the pipeline for your state. Now in North Carolina, we're a little slow to the punches with everything. So it's no telling. We were real late on the lottery. Virginia has legalized marijuana. We still have not. It is what it is. But that's why I say educate yourself with everything that you are interested in, just so you can see. With that being said, y'all, that is it for this Finance Friday Live. I will leave you with that. If you're new here, I do this every Friday at 12 p.m. I go live on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. <laughs> I, I forget. And YouTube. So definitely check me out. And I also post the replays on my podcast, Money Talk with Tiff, but those are a week delayed. So in order to get the up-to-date newest information, you have to join me live. You will catch this episode on next week's Friday podcast releases. So I'm just saying... Make sure you catch me live and you can also ask your questions here. I didn't see any questions coming through. I'll just check one more time before I wrap up. Okay, no questions. So with that being said, y'all have a good day. And if you do have questions, feel free to drop it under the comments in the replays and I'll go back and look. Bye y'all.
Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at moneytalkwitht. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient.